Welcome to the latest episode of Shuffle the Pack. I am Gary, I'm one of your hosts, and with me as always is my co-host extraordinaire, the cheese to my bacon, is James. How are you, James? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, obviously, you know, watched uh, the Packers struggle past the, the, the Jags, but uh, as they say, a win's a win, so I can't complain too much. Well, that's it, eh? Hey. Uh, joining us this week for our pre-Colts preview, we have Harrison. Delighted to have you with us today, mate. How are you? I am great, especially after opening a can of whoop-ass on the Titans on Thursday night. It was lovely. Right, we'll get to that in just a minute, but first I want to go back to James and talk about the terrible game in Jacksonville. James, talk me through it, mate. What happened? Yeah, it was a, an interesting game. It was one of those games where Packers never really got out of second gear, it seemed. Uh, they sort of kept holding themselves back every time you thought they were going to sort of break away from what is a pretty poor Jags team. They, they seem to sort of shoot themselves in the foot. Um, and, and invite the, the Jags back into the game. So it was very frustrating on, on a number of levels. Obviously, gave up a, a punt return touchdown. Um, two awful turnovers from uh, two of our best players. Not usually a good recipe for success. Obviously, they managed to sneak it out and, and get the W. But yeah, an awful lot of issues to, to discuss. Yeah, I mean, we, we didn't play, play particularly well. But I mean, the, the one person who did, I think, was, uh, was MVS, I think it's fair to say. I mean, half his yards were in one run, but still, for considering how hot and cold he's blown in the last couple of years, I think that's a, I think it's a, a fair return. Yeah, I was really impressed with MVS on a day where there was not very many stars um, for, for, for the Packers. He really sort of showed out. Um, it was one of his best performances in, in a Packers jersey. Obviously, anyone who follows this Packers team closely knows that watching MVS is, is always a bit of a roller coaster. You never really know what you're going to get. Most times it's either horrendous drops or unbelievable touchdowns. And this performance was certainly in the, uh, in the latter character category, thank you. And um, he actually came up big, particularly when Devontae Adams went out of the game for a bit with an ankle. He had a, a, a very key catch. So hopefully, obviously, building up on, off on some of the momentum that he might have sort of gained from the, the 49ers game and a bit of confidence in his game, he continued to build on this. So it certainly needed. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's too much else we need to say about it unless Harrison wants to interject there or anything. But the the game itself was nothing terribly special. I don't I don't think like this, the looking purely at the box was like a day of the week and we always say it's a bad idea, but I do it anyway. Um the it didn't really show a lot of anything. You know, I mean Jacks Jacksonville ended up dropping a one and eight and Green Bay have gone at seven and two, so I don't think there's much else to really worry about. But David Bakhtiari signed a new deal as well, so that's I see the the line showed up showed up a wee bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't watch the full game of the Packers versus the Jags, I must admit, but I've watched the highlights when I knew I was coming on here. And the one thing is, you guys played awfully, but you still won. We played awfully against the Jags and we lost, if you remember the first game of the season. And it's that time old saying of great teams win bad games. And... Honestly, coming up to the Colts Packers, <laughs> I want I want us to win, but I'm worried. Aaron Rodgers is red hot right now. Let's let's not mess around here. And you drafted a quarterback in. Uh, it was was it Love Jordan Love? Yeah. yeah. And everyone went, "What are you doing?" But Aaron Rodgers has said, "Okay, you do that. I'm going to show you I'm an MVP." And I think he's. He's on track for being in the race. So, as an outsider to the Packers, obviously, Harrison, um, 
how do you? Obviously, you're not going to be watching the games as intently as uh, James and myself. So, how do you see our season going from a Colts perspective? Um, how I see the Green Bay season going? Was that? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Before the season started, I was a bit worried for Green Bay. I mean, when I actually got into American football, the two teams I could choose from was the Colts and the Green Bay. They were the only teams on the Madden 07 demo, I think it was. I chose the Colts. So really, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers is he's Hall of Fame material, and he? he will be when he retires, no doubt about it. And I really think, I don't know who GM is, so I, um, but when he drafted Jordan Love, I really think Aaron Rodgers sort of had a moment in his head where he thought, these lot want to get rid of me. I'm going to prove, you know, I think it was when we drafted Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning actually said to our GM at the time, if you don't draft me, I'm going to come back and kick your ass." And I think Aaron Rodgers is having the same thing where he's saying, you think I'm washed up, you think I'm done. And I think he's going to carry you deep into the playoffs, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I would, I would like him to carry us deep into the playoffs. Um, it would certainly make the, the betting a lot easier as the, as the, year, the weeks go on, sorry. Um, James, the, the back to Yari deal, how's, how does that affect the free agency guys next season? Yeah, so, so obviously it's a deal that absolutely needed, needed to be done from, from the Packers' perspective. Arguably the best left tackle in football. You, you can't let him walk. There's very, very few competent left tackles out there on, on the market. Um, that's why you either have one or you don't. Uh, and the Packers have, if not the best. He's been all pro numerous times. And it's just the sort of player that you just can't let leave, leave the building. So it's a deal that had to be done from the Packers' perspective. And they had a bit of cap space left over. Obviously, they, they swung and, and missed a few potential trade targets that they had saved a little bit of cap room at. So they were keen to get the deal done this year to use up some of that cap space because obviously, as this has been widely publicised, that the cap is likely to go down quite considerably next season. So based on what the numbers look like, it looks as though they're sort of using up as much of the cap space they got left this year. The deal then drops dramatically next year in terms of salary and then it's sort of really backloaded into the, into the last couple of seasons. So they're kind of sort of skirting around that. And Gudekunz came out after the deal, after the game, when he was talking about it. Um, and he said that it's going to be a very active free agency uh, from, from because a lot of teams are going to be in a very similar boat because the salary cap is going to go down by so much. A lot of teams are going to have to sort of put decent level players out on the market just because they're not simply going to be able to, to come under the cap. And he said by doing this deal and structuring it in the manner they have, uh, obviously, with back to Ari's agreement, they're able to actually sort of free up a bit of space to actually potentially be quite active in free agency, which is quite exciting uh, when, when given the circumstances. Obviously, there's still a fair few free agents to, to, to worry about. Obviously, Kevin King has been injured a bit this, this season, but has played fairly well when he's played. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and Corey Lindsley are all still potential free agents from the Packers' perspective. So, good that this deal's done. Um, sort of start breathe a sigh of relief as it came out midway through the fourth quarter which was a bit random uh, to find out that the deal had been done but it was uh it was nice and like that. Half time or something. yeah it was just sort of saw a report from uh ian <laughs> ian was just like what's going on here so sort of midway through the game but yeah so it was, it was good to get it done um and, and 
thoroughly deserved based on, on obviously he can be here for the rest of his career, really. Uh, fingers crossed he is. Fingers crossed he doesn't have another big injury that keeps him out for too long. Uh, right, moving on then. Obviously, the Jacksonville wasn't a particularly great game, but we did win. But we'll look ahead to the Colts game. Colts are sitting at six and three. I don't know if you if you agree with me here, Jackson, but they've been looking stronger at Lucas Oilfield than they have been on the road. How's the season shaping up for you guys from your perspective? Um, it's so frustrating. Realistically, we should be eight and one, and that one coming to Baltimore. If you look at the games we lost, we lost to Jacksonville. No preseason. First game of the season, it, it was always going to be a hiccup. We lost to Cleveland, where Philip Rivers just played woefully. And then that third loss coming to Baltimore, where we didn't actually play bad. We just couldn't close out the game. And you can't play like that against a team of Baltimore's quality. Um, so it's frustrating when you look at the record, where we should be 8-1 and one or 7-2 and two maybe, coming into this game. But um, it's just good to be a Colts fan right now because of the, the culture, no pun intended, that is building around this. You know, Frank Reich, his play calling is questionable, but that will come with experience. As a, you know, he's only been offensive coordinators and QB coaches. This is his first proper job as a head coach, so that will come. Chris Ballard, who can draft a diamond in the, in the sixth round, take him in the second round and end up winning somehow. And then Jim Mercer just says, yeah, do what you want. So I think Colts fans should be happy. Although there's still going to be a few hiccups along the road. Maybe in three years, I think we'll be winning the Super Bowl. If obviously, obviously, you know, changes happen and it's the NFL. It happens like that really quick. But if we're building the proper way and we continue along this road, we're starting to build a franchise a bit, I think. Who do you see being the quarterback in that time? Obviously, Philip Rivers has been pretty up and down thus far this season from, from what I can see as an outside looking in. Uh, there seems some games where he plays pretty well and, uh, and he, he sort of marshals that offence, sort of does what he brought him to do. So there's a lot of games, as you, as you mentioned, where that he has been pretty happy, to say the least. Yeah. Obviously, he's, he's getting up there in, in age and really, realistically, there's probably what this is either his penultimate or last season just based on his age. Obviously, the Colts are doing fairly well and likelihood is they're going to make the playoffs even if they don't win the division. Thus, you're probably going to end up with a, with a pretty low draft pick. So, do you think comes back in the QB or do you think you sort of have to try and chance it with a, with a late round, sort of first rounder? Um, okay, so we'll go through our three QBs at the minute. So, obviously, Philip... Um, Hall of Fame and will be first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt about that. Um, but like we say, he's getting up there in age. He's had a couple of bad games for the Colts, but you got to remember this is a guy who's played in San Diego, well, Los Angeles Chargers now, isn't it? Um, for seventeen, yeah, um, sixteen, seventeen years. And then he's come to a whole new building, a whole new team, everything. The only person he knew was Frank Reich. So I think he's starting to find his feet a bit now. Um, obviously, people see the interceptions, people see the touchdowns. Uh, we've had our red zone you know, problems, but I think it's just starting to click now as a team. And I think we're going to see more of Philip Rivers being the Philip Rivers of two, three years ago. 
a bit like if you look on the other side of well, Xavier Royce, who's had a phenomenal year so far. But anyway, yeah. Back to Jacoby Reset. We all know he's a great backup. Bless him. <laughs> he's he did really well, you know, he filling in for Andrew when Andrew two weeks before the season started went, yeah, see you later guys, I'm out. Um and it left a bit of bad taste in Colts fans' mouth with Andrew Luck. You've probably seen the booing and the stuff on Twitter and all that. But Jacoby tried, he got injured in the Pittsburgh game and was never the same. And you look at the Titans game, it was people forget how big Jacoby Brissett is. You know, he's a big guy for a quarterback and he can move. So he's good for these, you know, Philip Rivers isn't going to sneak anywhere. He, he takes him in three years to hand off the ball to 99s. We've got the turn and suck uh, of, of an oil tanker. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got the rookie on the training roster, practice squad, whatever you want to call it, Jacob Eason. Apparently, and it's always apparently because we don't know what they are until they get in live scrimmage, this guy can make every throw on the field. He's just got to learn his football IQ a bit more. But I don't see us drafting a quarterback. Um, I think Realistically, we're probably drafting, or we'll try to draft a left tackle. If not, we'll move out of the first. So, it's one of, I'm going to say it, I'm going to put my neck out there. Jacob Eason will be the quarterback from next year onwards. So, you think this is Rivers' last season then? Yeah, he's got, what, 20-odd kids or something? Does he not want to just hang up his boots and go and coach some high school somewhere in Indy. He's probably still playing so he doesn't have to deal with the kids. He's put more in Florida and got to Indianapolis. Yeah, he's got to wait until they're all old enough to look after themselves and then he's got to retire. It'll be him and Tom Brady throwing a ball to each other in the backfield somewhere. Uh, <laughs> right then, score prediction, shall we? I've gone 29-20 for Green Bay. Uh, gentlemen, who wants to offer up first? Uh, so, yeah, go on. Okay, yeah, so... I'm not confident about this game. Um, I haven't been. It's been one of those that I've sort of ringed in the schedule for, for a while. I just don't think that from a match perspective, it would obviously hold mainstream thus far this season has been the strength of their defence. Um, obviously, the Packers' strength is, is their offence. Now, offence hasn't looked quite as potent as it did in the early portion of the season in, in the last few weeks. Um, and there's been some missteps. So, going on the road against Colts team, obviously, full of confidence following that, that, that sort of huge divisional win, I think the Packers probably, unfortunately, lose. Um, I think it's going to be close, however, just because I can't see Philip Rivers in that offence putting up loads of points. I think the game will stay close. Um, so I think I'm going to go for Colts to win 23-20. So with that news, we will be looking for a replacement host on <laughs> Shuffle the Pack from next week. Uh, Harrison, what about yourself? Uh, I've sort of done the opposite to James. Um, the Listen, the Packers are a red-hot team at the minute. I know they have blips and not comfortable wins, but I don't want to go into Lamboy Field, even with no fans, when the Packers are playing this good. Um, it's going to be tight. And it's. I think it's going to be... A, it's a battle of two veteran quarterbacks, in it, in Aaron and Philip going against each other. And I've gone for the Packers to win 17-14, maybe 21-14 if you get some dead time points or something like that. I'll put it down as 21-14 because it makes up for James deciding that we're going to lose. <laughs> so, 
All right. Uh, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, I can't really find fault with anybody's arguments, which is weird because there's two different sides. Uh, right then, so we'll look at the, the NFC North then. Obviously, Green Bay sitting on top where they belong. Bears 5-5, five and five, Vikings 4-5, four and five, Lions 4-5. and five. It's just an absolute shambles from 2-4 two to, two to four there, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's barely a competition at this point, is it? I mean, all the teams have huge holes and deficiencies outside of the pack. It's I can't I can see only gap widening at this point in time. Obviously, Bears have now lost four straight games. Um, they obviously started five and one, and, and it, they were sort of full of confidence. But everyone, the world and their wife said, I don't rate this this team, and, and they're going to come back to earth. And that's how it's transpired, ultimately speaking. Obviously, lost again last night to, to the Vikings. Their offense is truly abysmal. There's no other word to put, way to put it at the moment. I mean, if you look at the stats uh, based on offensive efficiency, they're ranked 31st. The only team worse than them is the 0 9 Jets. I don't believe about everything. <laughs> exactly. So they are the worst then <laughs> in the <laughs> of football teams that qualify. Um, they're truly awful uh, on offense. Their, their defense plays plays pretty well every week, but you not get last like last night getting any offensive touchdowns. You, you're just asking too much in 2020 NFL. So I can only see the the Bears continuing to sort of drop back down and, and what will be quite embarrassing. They do feel a finish with a losing record, but it certainly looks where it's headed for them at the moment. So I, I watched like three quarters of the, the Bears-Vikings game last night and I actually started to hate the sport because of it. It was so bad. <laughs> the, the only other time I've ever felt like that in all my years of intermittent watching it was a couple of weeks ago when the Bears played the Rams and I hated that game as well. Um, so I, th- I think I just hate the Bears, just generally. And I don't think it helps watching them on Monday nights. Well, well the good news is the, the Packers' next game after Colts is against the Bears. Oh, <laughs> That's going to really upset me. <laughs> so you get to watch them again. And we haven't played them once yet. So we've got another game to play them this season. Oh, That's two. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, the Bears are going back to Mitch, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Nick Foles is injured, I think. He left on a cart, didn't he, last night. So the chances are it will be, be Mitch potentially starting against Packers. Obviously, at this point, don't really mind whoever starts because it's very unlikely they're going to be able to do anything. They've got no running game to speak of. They rely exclusively on their defence and special teams scoring points, which is not where you want to be. <laughs> no, it's a terrible state of affairs. Uh, speaking of which, the Lions, they beat the Washington football team in a like, weirdly quite high-scoring game. Um, but I can't work out if that's indicative of a good offence or a bad, e- bad defence from either team. Bad defence is on both teams, isn't it? <laughs> it, has to be, it? There's, no, there's no other real explanation for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, was a, it was a strange one, obviously. They jumped out to a 24-3 lead. Comfortable as you like, and this should be a, a comfortable win. But obviously, Lions they don't haven't been known for four comfortable wins. <laughs> That's not something that they are accustomed to. So they obviously let the Washington football team right back. Alex Smith has a career day, which is strange to see after he's been out of the game for so long. Yeah, just shot um, hundred yards for him. I saw as well. Yeah, it was, it was no huge... throwing touchdowns, all rushing yards. Yeah, really bizarre. And then obviously right Matt. Matt Prater hits the hits the game winner as time expired. So yeah, strange game. Uh, Lions continue to not go away, but they're, just, they're they like are. a bad smell. You just can't get rid, can't get rid of them. You know? just, no, no, I can't work out the lines at all. Like they, I, I still think they need to get rid of Matt Patricia, but I don't want them to because then they might get a good coaching, and it kind of ruins the division at that point. <laughs> so. Uh, all right, so looking around the NFL in general, um, I, don't, I think we'd be remiss to not talk about the, the Hail Mary from Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins. 
what a play that was. What were the Texans thinking? <laughs> Bill O'Brien. What were the Texans thinking? Te- a lot on this show. <laughs> he almost sponsored us yeah, at one point. Yeah, it truly... <laughs> yeah, he's probably got more sort of airtime than Aaron Rodgers at this point, just <laughs> the amount of questions decisions. He hasn't even been in the league now for the last few weeks, but what a truly horrific trade and obviously DeAndre Hopkins just absolutely proved that he's, well, legitimately number one, number two, best receiver in the league with that that catch. But it was crazy. Obviously, got a feel for the, uh, the Bills fans because they think they've won it. Digs for that late catch, which was, again, an unbelievable throw and catch. Josh Allen, you think, oh, this is crazy. And then, yeah, Hail Mary to win it. Unbelievable. He scrambled out of the pocket, didn't he, as well, and avoided a sack. And yeah, stuff like that just makes you love football, no matter what side of the ball you're on. Yeah, I think he missed two or three tackles in the pocket, and they're still like they're still being charged out by defenders. And he still got the, I think it was like 55 yards in the air or something, but about like 43 direct or something like that. But it's it's, it's frightening how much that midget can throw. I mean. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you saw on uh, Good Morning Football, they were talking um, to, they'd spoken about the play call, that the play call was actually called Cowboy. Um, and what they were trying to do is actually get the ball just down the field so they could set up an easier Hail Mary chance. And the, and the play was actually designed off of the play that Aaron Rodgers threw uh, in the playoffs against the Cowboys to set up the game with field goal a few seasons ago. Yeah, so it was supposed to be. I'm sorry, carry on. Yeah, it's supposed to be about a 20-yard gain to Andy Isabella. He was supposed to sort of catch the ball on the sideline, get out of bounds to give them an easier shot at a Hail Mary. But the, the option was, if they, if they see Hopkins and he th- feels like he's got a chance to, to make the play, throw it deep, and, and that's just what he did. So, yeah, unreal. I don't know if you saw uh, Milo's, uh, Kyla Murray's tweet after that as well. He's just like, you know, DeAndre's going to be down there somewhere. So that's just all he did was he just threw it, you know. Um, right, so last week, James, you got the game of the week right. We went Miami against Chargers. You, you decided Miami was going to win. But I, I like Justin Herbert. I have a bit of a crush on him, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Pure <laughs> professional, obviously. But I think the special teams are still making Tua look better than he actually is, even though Tua still goes out of his way to make himself look better still, if that makes sense. Yeah, they're playing pretty complete football with Miami. Uh, they're getting it from all sides, as you say. They're getting defence, special teams, uh, and obviously they're, they're starting to make it work on, on offence, which is why they're, they're consistently winning games. Brian Flores has done a tremendous job in the, the sort of year and a half, two years that he's been there. He's completely turned that team around. And obviously if, if Tua does be a hit, which at the moment you could argue he, he is, obviously it's very, very small sample size, um, they could be a pretty good team moving forward for, for quite some time because they look very, very well coached on, on, on all three sides uh, of the ball. One thing to watch out for, though, obviously, Tua came out and said he expected the NFL to be a bit harder um, this week, which, you know, is an interesting comment. Like yeah, I, I, I can imagine there's some defensive players who might have find <laughs> issue with that and might use that as a, a bit of motivation this week and probably try and hit him as, as hard as humanly possible. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes the next couple of weeks. What's, uh, what's your take on the two quarterbacks there, Harrison? Like Tua against Herbert. Obviously, they play two very different styles, but who do you, who yeah. do you see having a higher ceiling? Um, it's a tough one, isn't it? It was a, it was a tough one in the draft who to take, really. Um, I mean, the big question with Tua is, can he get a fit again? Because I think he had an injury. It was either 
just before the draft or the last game of the season for that free uh, college team. Well, I like to November or something, didn't they? Was it November yeah. about a year ago? I know it made a lot of teams panic when coming up to the draft. Um, but I've got a love to it. I, I like the idea of Miami's Hawaiian in it. Tua. He's so, from yeah. Hawaii. And it's just sort of a bit of a fairy tale, if that's the right way to put it. Because he, he's also he's left handed. Uh, he's a you know by all rights he shouldn't be a good quarterback. But just I just like the way that's a bit extreme, <laughs> not, not just because he's left handed, but other things as well. But I think he's done really well. You gotta mean remember this Dolphin team was pretty trash. Um coming out of last year, and they have been pretty trash for a while. Um, the serious like work that needs to go into their team, I know you said they're playing well, but yeah, I, I like Tua, and I think I'm going to stick with him and say that he's the better, or will be the better quarterback. No, that's fair enough, fair enough. Um, I personally think Herbert, I think, James, you'd said Tua as well out of last week's question between Tua, Herbert and... Uh... Joe Burrow, but I think, yeah, I, I mean, the sky's the limit for the both of them. Both of them, I think. Uh, like Herbert's coming, he's playing on a, he's playing really well on a terrible team. I think he probably wants to throw it to himself at this point because everyone keeps dropping his catches. But <laughs> I don't think he's quite as quick as that, you know. Right, uh, next week's game of the week, James. I couldn't work this one out, mate. We got Hawks cards on Thursday night, right? Uh, Ravens, Titans, and Raiders, Chiefs on Sunday night, and Bucks rounds on Monday night. Who are we gonna Who are we gonna pick? Who are we gonna dissect for next week's game of the week? I reckon, oh yeah, it's difficult. Ooh, I'd say Seahawks Cardinals is probably the game. I mean, it's tough. I'd say the the Bucks Rams is a, is a pretty good match as well. That the Rams are pretty boring to watch. Um, but yeah, Seahawks Cardinals. Let's go for that. Yeah, let's go with Seahawks Cardinals and Thursday night football. Right, who's uh, who's the winner on that one? I think probably the Cardinals on current strength. Out of two pretty poor defenses, but two unbelievably good. Backs. Um, obviously, Russell Wilson has come back down to earth a little bit in the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, did he not like um, trademark let Ross cook and then hasn't won a game since? <laughs> I believe that is correct. Uh, he's also been responsible for the most turnovers over the last three weeks of any quarterback in the league, which you, know, you wouldn't really associate with Russell Wilson. You'd probably think that was someone more like Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, or someone probably from the NFC East. <laughs> but the uh, yeah, his. his Form has sort of fallen right, right down compared to the the MVP astronomical level he was playing at at the start of the season, but he is still obviously an incredibly good quarterback. By all accounts, Chris Carson, the running back, could be back this week, which at least will balance that a little bit more because they've been trying to get by with some no namers running back over the, court for the last couple of weeks. No doubt, has put more pressure on Russell to to cook, so to speak. Um, yeah, so, so it's going to be interesting. Kyler Murray. He's unbelievable. Um, obviously, we spoke about him a bit with that, that Hail Mary, but even throughout the game, rushing with the ball, he's so elusive and so quick. It's just, he's unplayable at times. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to watch that, that match. I think it's going to be a really good one. And it's going to probably be by field goal. I'm going to go for the Seahawks, but I'm not confident. Seahawks by a field goal. That's, uh, that's being written down in Byro, that one. Uh, what about yourself, Harrison? <laughs> Who, uh, who's the winner? Who's, who's the, the favourite bird? Like James said, it's going to be you know two good offences rather than two good defences going at it. 
but the winner is going to be the Cardinals, 27-14, I've got it. And I think, like we say, Russ is an exceptional quarterback and on his day can beat any team. So the Cardinals are really going to have to suffocate him and into making mistakes. And I know that's it sounds crazy, but like we've been saying, Russ has been making a lot of mistakes recently. And if you can catch him while he's in this slump and don't let him get into second, third gear, I think the Cardinals are going to come out heavy, going to come out hard. And I just don't think the Seahawks are going to be able to keep up. So 27-14 Cardinals. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if the score's going to be as, bit, as as wide as that, but I do agree it's going to be the Cardinals. Um, I don't know what's happened to to Wilson this year, but he's just not, you know, he's had a good few weeks, but then he's absolutely just tailed off. I don't know if he's just, he's literally too distracted by his cooking or what, but like, as a professional chef, that shouldn't really have, uh, shouldn't really be the case. <laughs> so, anyway, right. Let's move on then. Uh, oh, James. At the start of the season, we put in our predictions before, like for the in the first podcast. Do you want to change them, or are you, are you still confident, or can you not remember what you put in? I must admit, my memory is hazy from from what I put in. I think I had the Chiefs and the Ravens for the AFC title game. Yeah, you did. And then I had Packers Saints for the NFC. Packers Forty Nine, as you put. Oh yeah, well the Forty Nine is dead. So. <laughs> Your wild card is the Broncos, so I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go for you. Yeah, they, they that didn't turn out. The other ones are not looking too bad, uh, but the um, yeah, not not feeling too confident about the the nine is making a miraculous recovery to the championship game. At this point, obviously, they've been absolutely plagued injuries as we discussed pre and post the game, uh, and yeah, they're, they're going to finish with a pretty high draft pick in the end when it's all said and done. Fair enough. So you you're not you going to change any of them up at all? Yeah, I'm going to. I'll change it. I'll say I'll keep the AFC as it is. All right. Um, obviously, Ravens. You know, there's been some big question marks raised over the course of the last couple of weeks uh, on their play, particularly when they fall behind. They just don't seem to have the capacity to get themselves out of trouble. Patriots, as they've shown on numerous occasions so far this season, aren't a great side. Obviously, the, the weather was a huge factor in that game and it was ridiculous. On that last drive, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. I couldn't believe they were still out there playing with the amount of rain that was coming down. You could barely see the, what was happening on the, on the, the coverage. But, um, yeah, I think the, the Ravens think that on their day, as long as they didn't get the lead, they're, they're usually going to hold out. So, so I'll stick with that one. But on the, the NFC side... I'd say the Saints are probably the most complete side. Obviously, Drew Brees' injury is a concern, but probably doing what he did last season. Fancies a few weeks off, you know, rest and recuperate, get back to full health just before the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I'll go Packers Saints for the NFC Championship game. Yeah, that's right. So that, that puts us on exactly the same point then, because I had uh, Ravens, Chiefs, and Packers Saints at the start of the season. I might change my Ravens pick to Steelers, considering how they're, they're what, 9 0 now. So, uh, what about yourself, Harrison? Who have you got in the. In any of this, you're allowed to say Packers, it's okay. <laughs> AFC, um, I've got the Steelers who are having a phenomenal year. Um, Mike Tomlin really coming into his own versus, and I'm going to be a homer, why not? Versus the Colts, uh, the NFC side, I've got you guys, the Packers, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on here. Um, <laughs> correct answer, <laughs> and I've also got 
the Saints, because like James said, I think they're having a great year on all three sides of the ball. No. Um, Who's taking the whole thing home? Do you know what? I'm going to be that guy. The Colts are taking the whole thing on him. It's going to be Colts versus Saints, and it's going to be a revenge for 2008. Philip Rivers goes out Super Bowl champion. Fairy tale. <laughs> that is the hottest take I think we've ever had on this. I just I can't see it happening <laughs> myself. But you know, like, whatever makes you happy, mate. You know. Um, yeah. Right. All right. So we'll move on super quickly then, because uh, the Zoom meeting is telling me that we're running shy on time. So that's fine. MVPs this week, boys. Who we got? I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. Obviously, we we spoke about him quite a bit thus far this this week, and um, yeah, he deserves every bit of praise that's being sort of heaped on him at this point in time. He was amazing sort of throughout the game. Uh, he's played this verging on MVP conversation at this point in time, which for his second year in the league is, is very impressive. He's taken a massive step. And yeah, if you, when you throw in Hail Marys, you deserve inclusion as an MVP, I think so. Yeah, no, quite right. I, I completely agree with that. I mean, I can't... The, the only one, other one I had in mind was uh, Nick Chubb. But running off the running off stopping the clock rather than giving the Texans uh, another chance to get a score. Apart from that, Harrison, yourself? Um, again, bit of a homer, but I know most of our Colts. MVP and probably, you know, he's in the conversation for defensive rookie of the year, and it's Julian Blackman. This guy made Derek Henry quit playing in the third quarter. <laughs> and just just stopped him dead and yeah, people say Derek Henry still got over a hundred yards, but they were just, you know, average runs, nothing special. And Gillian Blackman's a small guy. I think he's five foot nine, ten, and he just pelts through the line, hits Derek Henry that hard that he just sat out the rest of the game. So yeah, I'm going with Gillian Blackman. No, that's absolutely fair. If that's you know, if I could stop Derek Henry, then I'd uh, I'd want to be at the very least MVP on a piss poor little Packers podcast as well. <laughs> Uh, right then, Mr. Irrelevant, who's uh, who's jumping in there? Yeah, yeah, I'll go. Um, whoever decided to recruit a FedEx man for the Titans punter, I don't know if you guys know the story, but this, this poor guy turned up to his first day in his FedEx uniform. He probably punted people's parcels across the street or something, and my my variables went, yeah, just take in. But the guy had a nightmare. Um, obviously, shanked a punt, gave the Colts great field position, and obviously got a plot punt for a return TD. Fair enough, yeah. James. Well, I'm going to stay on the the punting theme um, for, for my Mr. Relevant, but it, it's closer to home. Uh, I'm going to go with J.K. Scott. He did not have a good game by any straight <laughs> uh, strength. He didn't have a good game. Um, obviously, he kicked a line drive kick straight into Keelan Cole's hands, outkicked the coverage by about 20 yards. Now, the coverage wasn't great. I'm not going to make excuses for him. But then gets absolutely embarrassed by Keelan Cole, who shakes him out of his skin um, to take the ball to, to, to the house. He followed that up with a bunch of poor punts where he put the, the Jags in, in pretty good field position. Obviously, it was a windy day and exceptions can be made for certain things. But... When the guy, the Jags punter at the other end is is routinely pinning the Packers in the, in the ten, fifteen, and he's not, he's only just getting past midfield. It does make a big difference, and it kept the game an awful lot closer than it should have been based on on talent. So, yeah, I mean, for that highlight alone, when he gets juked out of his, his shoes, he deserves to be Mister Irrelevant. 
That's fair enough. Uh, mine this week is I'm going to bring it back to the Vikings Bears game, the one that made me super angry. And I want to know whichever dog shit TV commissioner it was that decided Vikings Bears was worth the Monday night football slot. <laughs> um, I was watching on Channel 5, and there's only so much that Kirsten Watson and uh, MJD can do to make the game seem interesting. So, whoever that guy was, he needs fired. <laughs> so, right, with that in mind, guys, is there anything else we need to cover? Is there anything else we've missed? I think the one thing to mention. Packers are currently the number one seed in the NFC, which, you know, I just wanted to brag about a little bit more than anything. Um, obviously, still a long, long way to go until the end of the season, but it's, it's certainly a good position to, to be in based on the way that results are. We can sort of continue to, to win the games in front of us. I think there's a very realistic path to 12 wins. Uh, hopefully, if we can squeeze, eke out a game here and there, we can get to sort of that elusive sort of 13 win mark and, and potentially sort of snag up that 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 one um, one playoff. Uh, Alright, so so fingers crossed, but looking good at the moment. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, right then, uh, on that note, Harrison, thanks very much for coming in. I know it was very short notice. You've uh, you've played a blinder there. You've taught me a little bit more about the Colts, and uh, I still don't think I'll give much of a shit about them if I'm completely honest. Um, <laughs> but, uh, thanks for coming on. Um, all right, with that in mind, uh, we'll do the usual thing of you can follow us. Uh, actually, no, I'll jump in. Harrison, where can we follow you? On you said you got your own podcast. Uh, yeah, it's on YouTube, just Colts Fans UK. Um, you'll f- also find us on Twitter and Facebook, all stuff like that. But uh, so we, I do a show with some guy who uh, breaks it all down for me every Saturday about 5 pm ish on YouTube, Colts Fan UK. Brilliant. All right. You can follow us at Shufflepack on Twitter and you can email the pod at shufflepackpod at gmail.com. Uh, we're very close to running out of time on this. If it gets cut off, I do apologize. Uh, right on that note, go pack, go. Go pack, go. You don't have to say that, Harrison. It's fine. Colts, the Super Bowl champions, day end of the year. You heard it here first. <laughs> we'll cut that bit out and send it to you at the end of the season. <laughs> <It finished. laughs>